0: Welcome to the Serpent Temple podcast. This week we're going to be having a little spicy episode for you, where we review Damnation Festival. I wasn't there, so I'm going to be reviewing it in spirit. Um, but Floyd was there, so he will have lots of cool things to say about it. So please, Floyd, take it away.
1: Well, I tell you what was spicy: those fucking noodles. I waited an hour and a <laughs> half for. Sorry, I really was thinking to myself, I'm not going to get into these noodles straight away. But it, it, was, it was, it was, it was a very then this Damnation. Is I love it, it's great, but it's super fucking busy. And it's you have to be fucking a mastermind to plan and watch all the bands you want to watch. Like, you've got to make sure that you're standing near the back of one stage to make sure you get out five minutes early to get a good spot for the next band. I kind of enjoy it though, because it's just quite fun and uh, frantic and it makes the day go quick. But um, yeah, so I decided to um, at one point in the middle of the day just get um, go for some noodles in this place that was a bit like, um, yeah, chain that's around London. It's called Walk to Walk.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. First time I ever went there, they were actually playing Pantera's song, really? Walk as well, yeah. Ah, walk, yeah.
0: Huh. see
1: what they did It was a bit like that, so they're, they're making it all fresh and stuff, but it just, they were so backed up, and it was like an hour and a half, and we were just <laughs> 45 minutes in, and I was just like, we're not getting these noodles anytime soon, are we? I was <laughs> like, No. Nope. And I was just like, this is fine, because Green Lung, unfortunately, pulled out. Yeah. So okay, one of the members right. had covid and they were replaced by, I think, Svalbard. Um, but it was literally the only moment of the day where I could really afford to have a break because there were so many bands I wanted to catch. Because it was a really stacked lineup. But um, unfortunately, it ate up some time into uh, Godflesh. So I missed um, most of Godflesh because of that. But um, anyway, that's enough about me complaining. <laughs>
0: <laughs> about noodles. Such a
1: British review, isn't it? So I fucked the festival. I waited an hour and a half for some fucking noodles. <laughs> But it was, um, no, it was great, um, and it was um, kind of bittersweet in a way because this is the last damnation taking place at the Leeds University Union. So, see next year it's going to the BEC Arena in Manchester. The Beck. Beck. The Beck Arena. <laughs> um, so, it was cool to see, and I think Carcass were a very fitting kind of like headliner.
0: Gutted, I missed them.
1: They were really good. i tell you what, I'm, I might talk about Carcass now, actually. Do it. So, it was a great set. I've got their set list here if you're interested. I am. So they opened up with Incarnated Solvent Abuse.
0: Oh, classic.
1: Absolute classic. It was a real good mix as well. They kind of went, went across the whole discography. You had Buried Dreams, Exume to Consume.
0: Oh, they did Dance of Ixtab.
1: Yep. So oh, from the sick. new album, they played Kelly's Meat Emporium, Dance of Ixtab, which sounded really fucking like groovy and like stompy live. It was really nice. good. Um, and then they also played um, the Scythe's Remorseless Swing. Which is probably my favourite track from the new album, because so it starts off with that really cool, kind of almost grungy, kind of like rocky riff, and then it's like just such a, a classic carcass sort of banger with super catchy guitar riffs and great vocal lines.
0: They're so tight live.
1: They're a really good live. Bill Steer's guitar sounded amazing. Um, is, is it Dan Wildling, the new drummer, I believe? Maybe. I don't oh, know. Might have just made that name up. Plucked that out of thin air, but I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. He sounded absolutely great live, and just everything was just so on point. And um, I actually really like the main stage at Damnation. It's long. It's it's it is really long, (laughs) but like if you could get a good position, it's got really good sound, and it's just like and they always do a great job with the lights and the and all the all the props and everything. So it's um, it was a great set, and I think it was a great way to close out uh, Damnation at Leeds and usher in the new era of
0: Manchester Beck.
1: Manchester Beck. Not to be confused with Jeff Beck. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. Yes. Uh, who else did I watch? So it was great. So Abduction was the first man I saw who were quite cool. I don't you ever really listened to Abduction before. They're kind of like a kind of melodic, kind of crusty black metal band. And the singer was quite cool. He was wearing like this. I couldn't work it out because it was dark, but it was a bit like a Pan's Labyrinth style get up.
0: Oh, cool. So he had no
1: eyes. So looked a bit like the dude from...
0: Oh, the I the yeah. dude.
1: I've oh. never seen Pan's Labyrinth. It's so really good. Yeah. I've heard that it's... well. Like, spoiler alert, I've heard, like, I know the basis of the story, yeah. so, and I know it's really fucking depressing. Hmm. So I think that's why I've just never watched it, but I you know, it's a good film.
0: It's beautiful, yeah.
1: And he gets the same guy, the actor Doug Jones plays, like, most of his, like, monsters.
0: Yeah, he's also in Star Trek in the new series. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's really oh, cool. cool.
1: Yeah, rude. Oh, nice. But, um, yeah, he had, kind of had like, this weird Doug Jones, sort of Guillermo del Toro-style get-up on stage, and I thought it was just quite a cool look. And it was just, yeah, they had a real good sense of melody. They played a really good set. Um, it was just so fucking full-on. And after that, I rushed to catch um, Party Cannon, who were just kind of like, uh, it's really great at providing the slams and just fucking super toilet bowl guttural-style vocals. <laughs> and um, it's funny because, like, when you listen to um, their music, if you if you've never seen their logo before and didn't realise they had like quite a keen sense of humour, mm. like it, it sounds like like pretty like serious and straightforward slam, but it's not. It's, it's just such a weird juxtaposition to have a band who, evidently, you know, have a sense of humour, but they're still playing like really crushing and brutal music. But it was it was a really cool set and there was loads of inflatables. I didn't know if the band brought them or if it was other people, but there was inflatable sharks that were floating about um throughout most of the set which was quite cool they kind of done the same thing when a good played at um bloodstock somebody brought loads of inflatable whales for the song flying whales so it was quite cool i don't know why i'm such a child i get really excited by inflatable things
0: i watched ramstein play sonosphere um in like some year in the 2000s um and someone bought a dinghy like a rubber dinghy like a proper one Um, and a mate of mine smuggled a pop-up tent in as well so he was crowd surfing in a pop-up tent oh no way And then like there was a guy in the rubber dinghy, and it was just really cool sometimes you know it's cool to see people ride in the crowd
1: that reminds me just just, just the sentence ride in the crowd I don't know why (laughs) such a child just amuses me but it's um, that reminds me of um, during an ale storm set yeah sorry Talking of problematic
0: bands. <laughs> uh, but
1: this was uh, when they played at Bloodstock. I remember um, I wasn't like watching them, watching them because I've never been a big fan. But like I had fuck all to do and a lot of other people want to watch them. So I was kind of watching them from the side stage. So I was looking at the monitor, which was like their hard cam, which is what normally the uh, the footage they use for their live sets that they upload to YouTube. And um, there was someone crowd surfing in the rubber dinghy <laughs> and um, they got all the way to the front and then they fucking stacked it and face-planted just before they got over the barrier. Oh and it was the funniest thing. Oh and I God. keep thinking to myself, because you know how the YouTube algorithm is. like You watch one live set from something you get recommended it for the rest of your life. And I must have watched one Bloodstock set. And I keep meaning I need to watch that Ailstorm set and sit through it and suffer through it just so I could see if that footage of that guy stacking it on the rubber dinghy is still on. But yeah, have a look. If you could find it, timestamp it and send it to me, please. <laughs>
0: We'll make a gif of it just for
1: you. So it was, um, so one thing I want to talk about quickly with Damnation is they've kind of, I think in the last few years, they've been making, I think, more of a concerted effort to do kind of like a Roadburn style thing with the stages and the curation of the bands on certain stages. And that's always been an element as long as I've been going, but it seems a bit more prevalent now. So you've got the Cult Never Dies stage, which is kind of like the cult E sort of black metal sort of stage. Uh, the Tone stage, which was formerly known as the Terrorizer stage, I believe, might be wrong on that, which is kind of like your death metal grind stage. Um, and then you've got the main stage, which is just the bigger bands and has quite a good mix, generally speaking. And then you've got the Eyesore stage as well, which is kind of like your very Roadburn friendly, kind of like post-sludgy, sort of doomy, drony sort of bands. And um, each stage kind of has their own little flavor. I mean, I'm talking about this... F- f- as if, like, it's, it's not even been held in Leeds anymore, so it doesn't matter, because <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to experience these stages again. But they, I do like how each stage has its own, like, little flavor. Yeah. Like, you know, the Cult Never Dies stage is a really kind of, like, basement-y sort of, like, like really grimy sort of almost Underworld-esque stage, whereas, like, the Tone stage is a bit more, like, kind of like a forum mid-tier stage and we'll talk about the main stage as well which is i'm always jealous of the people that get seats on the upper level as I, well
0: that's the thing i really would prefer to be up there yeah because yeah. every time
1: when, it, when it's like 12 at night my legs are fried and thinking fuck what, what have i got to do to get up to those seats <laughs> but it's mainly i know it's mainly band members or uh press and stuff that you get up to, and vip yeah. yeah but i'd pay more money to, to sit up there Same, yeah. get, get such a good jam. view as well
0: you do. It's so much better. You get to be above all the little people.
1: I thought someone was gonna stage dive from up there once. No I can't remember which year it was, but it was um it was look at someone was like kinda hanging over and I was thinking, fuck, I'm getting away from this. Yeah, like, you could die. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Jeez.
1: So it's like um just kinda reminds me of um fuck, like all that shit happening with uh Astro tra- World.
0: Yeah, uh, tra- Travis Scott. Yeah, I can't believe people are fucking jumping on that and being like, "Oh, it wouldn't happen at a metal show." When people have died at metal shows for yeah. similar reasons, so fuck off, mate.
1: Yeah, that no, is. Yeah, people are trying to be to like, "Well, the first rule of a mosh pit is you always pick someone up." <laughs> How and many just, like, times this...
0: have you seen someone get seriously, seriously injured in a mosh pit? A lot. Yeah, you I, do see that still happen.
1: I see people go into mosh pits just to fuck people up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly.
1: But um, the the thing about Travis Scott, which I thought was really, um, which I didn't have any idea about, was apparently he has been sued before because there was somebody who was like, kind of like motion that they were going to stage dive off like a 20 foot like balcony and he egged them on to do it and they both, they broke both their legs.
0: He's lucky they didn't die. Yeah. Fucking hell. So I think
1: the man's got a history of being a bit irresponsible.
0: Dickhead. I remember That's... there was, I was at a Testament show in, which I left early during, because it sucked. But um, I think they were just having a bad night but there was a really big guy um, who was, this was at I think the forum, in Brixton?
1: Oh, the O2, Britson, O2 yeah, it, Yeah, it was with
0: a sloping floor. And there was, yeah. he was on the top of the balcony and he was like, literally he was like gonna jump off. And everyone was screaming because like if he, he, he wasn't a small guy. Um, and if he'd hit people, you would have just not made it. Yeah, like, been it was scary. paralyzed
1: or dead. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Even if you'd just only broken something, it was it was not good. People were trying to like hold him, drag him, drag him back off the balcony so that he wouldn't jump. And then mm. was it Dino? Is that his name? What's his name?
1: The, the main... it, uh, Chuck Billy.
0: Chuck Billy. <laughs> at Dino, he's Dino. He's got Dino energy. Dino vibes. It <laughs> looks like a Dino. I don't know. Dino. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the, what, whatever, I've already forgotten his name. Chuck. Chuck Billy. He's got two first names. Chucky B. <laughs> what's up with that? Why do people Chuck official brain? <laughs> Chuck <a picture> brain?
1: <laughs> <laughs> You sounded you sounded so long island so I was like, what's up
0: with that? <laughs> what's up with that? Bad got two bad first bad. names.
1: What the fuck? Well, about well, it.
0: What's the fucking wrong with these people <laughs> with the two first names? Anyway, sorry guys. Um yeah, so he he stops halfway through his song and he's like, "Hey, leave that guy alone. Just let him do what he wants." And the guy is gonna fucking jump off the balcony, like.
1: Yeah, that's fucking. That's irresponsible.
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily a good idea. Like, I think maybe he didn't understand what was happening, or yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so there you go. There's your do's and don'ts at gigs. Don't jump off balconies onto <laughs> yeah. people. Don't crowd kill, and just don't be a fucking dick.
0: Just enjoy the music without hurting the people around you.
1: Believe it or not, some people like to go to gigs to actually pay attention to the bands and listen to the music. An alien concept, I know, but there is a few people out there. So anyway, back to damnation. (laughs) So I went to try and watch Earth. (laughs) And it was way too packed. It yeah. was like the stage was ramo. And this is what I mean about like having to plan it, when you, you've you got to be really methodical about how you catch your bands. And unfortunately for me, uh, they've done such a good job of booking this festival. There's so many bands that ran into each other. So I knew it was going to be a bit of a marathon. So I gave up. and said, there's no way I'm going get, to gonna get a good spot on this stage. It's easy for me to say. it. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: Right. <laughs> <laughs> like a like
1: a drum and bass MC. <laughs>
0: um, so I decided
1: to. Uh... Give up on that and went to watch Man Must Die. Yes, which was my personal set of the night.
0: They're Scottish, right? They
1: are from Glasgow, Glasgow, Scotland. Nice. I, I'm allowed to do that accent. You can do that accent. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. could do that accent. <laughs> they're from Glasgow, Scotland, and it was uh, it was great. See, the thing about Man Must Die, which I really like, which I've always thought when I've listened to their music, they're kind of like a tech deathy version of Napalm Death. I'm okay. a big Napalm Death fan, cool. and they've just got like because some. I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before, but, like, some death metal can be really lukewarm and it doesn't really sound aggressive. I think the irony is they try so hard to be brutal and super down-tuned and really guttural to the point where it just sounds really wet and it's just kind of shit. Mm. But um, but so it was great to see a band who are like, kind of techie but still really, like, aggressive and, like, energetic. And they've got a great sense of melody as well. Like, they played, like, a few tracks across there. Catalogues played anti social network, which was about, which is basically about people becoming so consumed with their phones and, and, uh, sort of those devices. And it was funny because this was while um, I was uh, filming it through my phone. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then it played It Comes in Threes, which is a great track. Um, And then they played a new track as well, which was called Bring Me the Head of the King, which was a single they released this year, which is a really good track. Definitely has that kind of tech death, napalm death style vibe. And they're really cool guys. I spoke to them after the set as well and bought a t-shirt off of them and just uh, told them they'd been wanting to catch them for a while because they're one of those bands that were prevalent around the early to mid-2000s um, and the thing is with like the UK death metal scene it, it, it's good but like it I do think it gets overshadowed sometimes by it's European yeah. and uh, transatlantic uh, uh, counterparts and brethren I
0: feel like America's got the monopoly on the, the
1: like big, the big guys yeah all the big guns when you talk about the biggest death metal bands of all time I mean not only are they all from America they're pretty much all from either Florida or New York So
0: yeah I wonder what, what that's
1: about something in the war there <laughs> yeah so that was an absolutely great set. And then I rushed over to catch some Bosk, which was the first band I saw on the main stage. Mm. Who were really good. They opened with my favourite track of theirs, which is called Kobe. Not sure if it's named after the late great Kobe Bryant, but it was. Um, never beef. bothered researching that. But Bosk is like something to do with Star Wars, right?
0: Is it? I think yeah, so. It's one of the hunter, I think. Oh, interesting. I just thought it was a cool sound that you make with your mouth.
1: Like if you're pretending to play the drums, you say no. bosk <laughs> yeah. That's like um if you ever if you've ever seen footage of um Counter Decapitation's drummer Dave McGraw. When, I have not. Whenever he plays drums, he's mimicking he's mimicking the sounds. So like if he's like hitting like like the fucking like toms, he's going like pa pa, 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 pa. <laughs> it's just it's really <laughs> That's amusing so to watch. Funny. Yeah, and it's just his face is amazing.
0: I like that I love Cattle uh, Decap are one of those bands where like, the singer sounds to me like Benji from Skindred at times
1: because yeah. <laughs> 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 I, 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 I. I remember you,
0: you were trying to get me into them and yeah. I was like oh I really like the growls but then when he starts doing the cleans I'm like this sounds like Skindred
1: fuck I know what you're talking about it's when he's doing those weird those distorted cleans yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I could kind of hear it now yeah you're yeah. right actually yeah there is a similarity there and it's his weird goblin cleans that he does
0: goblin cleans
1: well, that sounds like a sounds like a like a Eastern European exercise, doesn't it? And <laughs> Goblin like a cleans, squad. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Bosque were really good. Um, I've seen them quite a few times at different festivals throughout the years, including Roadburn as well, where they played an absolute blinder of a set. They played nice. their uh, debut album Audio Noir in full, and that was a great set. And they played a lot of tracks from this album from their new album, which I wasn't actually familiar with. I didn't realize they had a new album. So, and um, I think they've got a different singer this time around as well. But it was great because they've got a really cool, like, spacey uh, backdrop. Like, like loads of, like, looks like shots of the Earth from, like, the um, the space station and stuff. And just, don't know, just a bit of a vibe. And it was cool, especially after watching Party Cannon and Man Must Die back-to-back. It was a good kind of a set to kind of chill to. And then I went to try and get Noodles, which I've already <laughs> talked about. So, and I apparently, so these, this, the review of these bands is secondhand. Um... Woad apparently were amazing. Okay. So they're kind of like a a thrashy, kind of like punky, crusty black metal band um, from Britain. So I think they're from Manchester. Um, Could be wrong on that. But apparently the guitarist was super animated and hopping about the stage and he jumped into the crowd at one point. And it was a really, really good set. And then I also missed most of Godflesh as well, who I was told were by far the heaviest band of the set and had the best sound. So I was gutted that I missed most of that. And watch Conan, who are always good. Always love a bit of Conan. Obviously oppressively heavy and crushing. Always do a good um, set. And then uh, Hell Ripper. Uh, you ever listened to much Hell Ripper? No. So they're kind of a bit like Midnight-esque. Kind of like a blend of like speed and sort of like black and thrash. But just really super, super energetic and like really frenetic. And like the songs are about two minutes each a piece. And they play about like 20 songs a set. And it was just absolutely just fucking balls to the wall, like old school metal, but kind of dragged kicking and screaming into the 20, nice. 21st century. almost said 20th century. Shows how much of a fucking boomer I am. I don't even know what year In the life. wrong century, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> but it was... Um, the thing is, I feel like every time... I've seen for a few times, and you can always tell the people that are listening to them for the first time, because they've just got such a wide-eyes look on, look on their face. They're just like, ah, oh, you can just tell they're just overwhelmed with Ooh. kind of just... Energy.
0: I need to go watch them.
1: They were really good, and then it probably had the most energetic pits. There was a lot of crowd surfers. I tried to say crowd surfing and surfers at the same time there, and I didn't commit to either one there. So it was just <laughs> there's a lot of crowd surfering, and it was, um, I think the <laughs> security were a little bit overwhelmed. There was this one poor guy at the front who was just like, desperately trying to call more people in. He <laughs> at times just having to like, run, trying to catch two crowd surfers at the same time. And uh, there was this older guy who was like getting down in the pit. And I was actually standing because I, I don't like to get involved in that sort of action because I just don't want to get injured. And um, I was standing on the stairs. So the Cult Never Dies stage has got like this flight of stairs to the emergency exit. But you can actually see like a great side on view of the band. So it's basically like side stage. Nice and like a good view of the pit and stuff as well and while i was there enjoying the band this old guy runs up very excited and he had something written on his phone that he was going to show his friends and it was just like it's like listening to metallica's kill 'em all for the first time over again Aww. and this 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 guy was so excited and then he jumped right back into the pit oh
0: bless him that's so wholesome so
1: it was a great set and there was a massive queue to buy hellrip and merch afterwards nice. so it obviously went down a storm and probably were most people's favorite band at the set and then I watched Carcass, who I've already talked about, who were just absolutely uh, stunning. They're always super good live. I think Bill Steer, in my opinion, is one of the most underrated guitarists in the whole of metal, I think. Yeah. It's very understated how influential they are as a band because I feel like they've done so much for so many different sub mm. practically solely responsible. Well, not solely, but largely responsible for grindcore, gore grind, death grind. I know to some people that... That's splitting hairs, but (laughs) melodic death metal um, and just they're just they're just just such a fucking good band. And the riffs are so damn good.
0: And they haven't gotten old and shit. They just keep getting better and it's kind of annoying. Yeah, in a a, a great way. I'm glad they are because I know there's always going to be more good carcass coming.
1: Exactly. Like tell name me another band that can have what was the gap between Swan Song and Surgical Steel?
0: 20 years or something. Yeah, it was
1: a a long time. And name me another band that can come back and still sounds like fresh and vibrant after all that time off. I, I can't think of a better comeback album than Surgical Steel.
0: Yeah. I would say maybe Aka is Renaissance and Extremist, but it was only a 10 year gap. Yeah. And it, like they're great, but Carcass is another level. Yeah. yeah. That was a
1: good album. I finally listened to that yeah? um, maybe like six months. It's or a so really ago. good album. So it was a really good album. Yeah.
0: It's yeah. fantastic. Maybe we can review it on here one day.
1: Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Yeah. We've only done the one Ackett Cocker album, haven't we? Have we? We did one. I think we, did we do Words That Go Unspoken? Oh, I think Deeds we That did. Go Undone? We,
0: and the whole time we were like, we need to do an entire episode in all their yeah. albums. Yeah. Yeah, it's really hard to review like one of their... Yeah, yeah I think
1: own. that's the thing. When you love a band so much, you're just inevitably going to speak about their entire discography. And just so easy to get flustered.
0: Yeah, that's why we've not done like enslaved or OPEF on the podcast yet because we yeah. just would not be able to talk about it for like twenty minutes.
1: I'll just, yeah, I'll just be like, mm, I just, I just love him.
0: It's <laughs> are <Just> making sounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you're trying to talk about artificial brain. You just forget, <laughs> forget what they're called. Fuck it, out <laughs> I like that too. What's
1: wrong with my brain? Is this? It's, there's definitely there's got to be a scientific word for that thing when you're trying to remember something. And then your brain just says, fuck you. I'm going to wipe everything. Like everything you're trying to remember. I'm going to make sure you remember nothing. Like not even a word.
0: I literally but, get that like, when people ask my name and age. I'm like, I don't know what I am or who I am. I'm just here. I'm an entity. Yeah, the
1: age is a weird one. Because I'm feeling like, I don't know if it's just like a denial thing. But I'm getting to a point now where I'm just like, I don't know, 30 something. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm 30 in like a month and I, just, I still don't know what age I am. Yeah. It's confusing.
1: What's my age again? What's my <laughs> <laughs> nice. But no, it was a great, great weekend. Mm. It was definitely felt busier than normal. So I think that's why they maybe made the transition to the uh, to the arena in Manchester. Because I tell you what, it's like um, I think it, I don't know if it's just because it was a two year gap. But it felt much busier to me, so it felt like the attendance might have been upped a little bit. And tickets sold out so quick, so it yeah. makes sense to upscale it. Yeah. And I think, you know, looking at the lineup next year, I actually think it's pretty damn strong.
0: I think it's good. I'm glad they're getting bigger. I think the UK needs more of this kind of festival. I think a lot of people complained when they were moving. They're like, I'm never going to, you know, it has to be in Leeds, da, da, da. But the venue has historically had loads of problems with the fire alarms, for example. Did they go off this
1: year? Not this year. It went off, if memory serves me correct, I think it went off during cancer in 2018. (laughs) Definitely went off during pole bearer one of the years, which would have been 2017, I think. Which was the most famous one that I can remember
0: it's pretty like um, and you know obviously the problems with people not being able to get into some of the rooms it's yeah. like happens every year so I think it just makes sense for it to be in an arena yeah
1: I think it's it It definitely helps if you go with someone that has been to Damnation before because I could totally see how people get overwhelmed Yeah, and I don't think if there was one thing that I think people were criticizing was that there wasn't as much signage this year okay. as there was previous years there's normally a fair amount of signage telling you where the stages are um and some people were saying that they were just completely lost so i think for first time it's always quite overwhelming because you've got good under stairs to get to like the death metal stage the tone stage and then the basement stage around the corner from there and it's just i mean it's all in relatively close proximity but it's still i mean you're giving metalheads a lot of credit I mean, they've been drinking all day and <laughs> yeah you know.
0: people are drunk i only went one year i went i think in 2013 when bolt Thrower playing yeah, um, it would been 2014 2014 my so. bad my bad um, it was a fantastic show festival, but I do remember, all I remember really is like trying to get to places. Yeah. And being in the corridors and there being loads of people and just kind of looking around and being like, where the fuck am I? Yeah.
1: yeah. You do get a lot of that, just people just <laughs>
0: <laughs> standing there, like, like, what's going <laughs> standing on? Standing there
1: for Cornish pasty you in the hand
0: <laughs> and just, just looking really confused. I'm pretty sure I did that, yeah. 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 It was a great festival, but I think this definitely is the the good move, I think it will go well. And as you say, like it's, uh, Converge is going to go down a hit. And they've got Elder, they've got Despised Icon, Toxic Holocaust. It's going to be fun. It's going to be good.
1: Yeah, it's a good lineup for me. I really like Destruction. I'm a big fan of German Thrash, so it'd be quite good to see them. Uh, Despised Icon, big Deathcore fan as well. And they're yeah. one of the OG bands, so I'll be down to uh, watch them. Uh, Paul Bearer, always great. I, I, I personally really like Paul Bearer um toxic holocaust i've heard the good i've not actually listened to them much i've not listened but...
0: to them they have a cool logo though
1: yeah it is actually a really cool logo isn't it? yeah i'm just looking at it now <laughs> uh, ministry don't do much for me but in in the in the way that's kind of a good thing because if you've got a headliner that yeah. doesn't do much for you then you you i normally have quite good faith in in gav's booking because he will make sure that there's a band on mm. at the same time who are more suited to a slightly different uh, demographic from that band
0: i'd rather a festival where i don't like every single band I'd rather, like, because it's kind of more stressful. (laughs) I'm really lazy. I want to see, like, three or four bands. I don't want to feel like I have to see, like, all 20.
1: Yeah, it just becomes a bit of a chore. Yeah. I think, yeah. It's
0: more stressful that way.
1: It was a bit like that this year for me, because there were a lot of bands I wanted to see. And, you know, that's not not really an indictment on on the book and being bad. If anything, it's the opposite. Like, there was too many bands I wanted to see, and it was just... Just like, fuck, this is going to be a long slog. Like, yeah. I'm a bit like you. I, I like, if there's, I've got like a, a breather in the middle of a few bands I'm not interested in, I could be like, okay, I could chill out for a bit, recharge my batteries, and then kind of reserve some energy for the, uh, the headliner. Cause I mean, the last band goes on at 11, so it doesn't finish until 12 or 12.30. So, it's is a long day for me. I, I tend to go to sleep quite early most days.
0: Same. Um, I didn't go this year because I was sick, and I did spend the whole weekend going to bed at like nine o'clock nice yeah it was actually brilliant um, and I did I did feel a little bit of FOMO but at the same time I got to read Brandon Sanderson in bed and, and just sleep for 12 hours so nice yeah
1: you looking forward to the Wheel of Time TV show
0: yes I am I'm so excited I have so much faith um, in like if it goes on for more than three or four seasons it's going to be fantastic because the storyline is like definitely a 10 season storyline
1: have you heard the, what people have been saying
0: what they've been saying, they've been saying like, oh this
1: is great it's like the new Game of Thrones
0: oh Mm, no no i mean i think what they mean is game of thrones is maybe a tiny bit like wheel of time
1: yeah i think that's what people were saying just like the the wheel of time if anything game of thrones was inspired by that
0: yeah basically a lot of stuff was inspired by wheel of time including metal I'm pretty sure that Blank Guardian have some Wheel of Time songs. They have a track
1: called Wheel of Time. There you go. Yep, from the, I'm not going to try and remember the album because my brain's just going to screw me over. <laughs> but they do have a song called Wheel of Time, which is a good, nice, epic, 10-minute track.
0: Yeah. The Wheel of Time took what Tolkien did and made it, like, ten, 10 times bigger. So, like, I know that there is a lot of exposition and world-building in the Legendarium. Um, there's a little bit less, like, language construction, but in terms of the actual storyline, it's fucking huge. Yeah. Because it's about 15,000 pages of, of plot nice and it's good
1: I'll probably give the TV show a shot and then maybe read the book if yeah. it tickles me fancy
0: I think the books will always be better because um, they just can't fit everything into the TV series I yeah. can't see them doing that but I'm, I'm going to enjoy it it's going to be nah. fun
1: cool one thing I was saying that this is a really awkward segue back into Damnation sorry <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've never listened to Elder before
0: oh really? no nah. Okay, so Elder is an interesting band. They have their first album, Dead Roots Stirring, which I think was around 2009, if I remember correctly. Is it not? Dead? What, what's no, wrong? What was wrong? What did I say wrong? You didn't say anything wrong. You mailed something at me. No, I just said it's their best album. Oh, right, you're it. doing... It okay, is... this is literally the point I was going to make. Everyone, <laughs> a lot of people are like... So Dead Roots Stirring is like a very raw album. They were literally like teenagers when they wrote it. It's really, really good. It's very raw. The production is super different. Um, and it's just kind of like... Very good stoner rock, yeah. kind of a little bit doomy. Um, if you like acid bath, it's kind of like less extreme acid bath esque kind of deal. Vocals are really good, um, guitar's fantastic, and it's really kind of anthemic and catchy. And everyone kind of is like, oh, that's their best album. But then basically, 10 years later, Elder came back with like a really technical, progressive, proggy, really complex, interesting album with like loads of energy and interesting things that they're doing everything's like really well crafted and constructed but everyone still focuses on dead root stirring when that's like the when they weren't didn't know what they were doing album yeah and yeah. since then they've kind of been developing their sound a lot and doing those yeah. like bit more pro- increasingly increasingly progressive more different experimenting with their art and like art direction which i really love i think they're really underrated in, in in their later work they're kind of like OPEF in that respect yeah yeah
1: yeah it's do you know what it is? i think people imprint on an earlier album and, and yeah. associate so much nostalgia uh to that, that it they... is a nostalgic album yeah
0: yeah because i kind of grew up with it and it's a really fun album and if you were a teenager and listening to the album it was like a total teenage anthem album yeah
1: yeah Yeah, just never ever been on my radar so i'll I'll check them out
0: good nick is the the whole band are super lovely people they're really nice um i like was lucky enough to interview them many many years ago and nick still remembers who i am when he sees me at a show which i think is like really nice that's cool considering that like they were they got much bigger between when i first saw them and the future times so yeah. I think that's a, that's a good mark when musicians are good people. And their music is really good. I do recommend it.
1: Uh, I will check them out.
0: Yeah, Reflections of a Floating World is my personal favourite album of that. Cool.
1: I'll definitely give them a listen. Cool, cool. Um, if you could book one band for Damnation next year, who would you book? Sorry to put you on the spot <laughs> like this.
0: Put, Shem is pointing at himself. He's like, Nina, say Lowen, say Lowen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Um, oh, it's really difficult because... Uh, uh, any band.
1: You you would have to think that Gav would be doing his best to book a pupil slicer. I almost said Buke there for a second.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he was wearing a pupil slicer t shirt at that moment. Of course, he oh, was he was? He. I missed him. I
1: mean, right. you know he's going to be gone all out to get them on the bill.
0: I think I think they almost certainly will be. Yeah. Um, any band. That's really difficult because I would always say like Electric Wizard, Carcass, and Akakaka. But I think I should say something different and now I'm I'm kind of at a loss. I
1: but think Agacok are a due return though, to be fair. That'd be good. They
0: played the pre-show, so I think they should now play the yeah. actual festival. Of
1: course. I didn't actually go to the pre-show, yeah. They wore yeah. their
0: suits and played go and uh, M- Sam Mendes. Go to Sam Mendes in full. Yeah. Um yeah, they fantastic.
1: I heard the pre-show was actually really good. I was just I too was fucking tired, so I yeah. just couldn't yeah.
0: I, I don't care about raging speedhorn. I don't know how they did, but I've heard Svalbard were amazing. Yeah. Obviously they picked up they like took the place of Green Lung. The next day. So that must have been really stressful for everybody involved that they were just suddenly doing this additional yeah. set. Um, yeah, very stressful. Um, hmm, let me th- I, I, I'm really stumped. I'm really stumped. I know the moment we stop recording I'll, I'll think of the perfect band.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right. We can mention it next time. Yeah.
0: Bolt Thrower. Bolt thrower. Yeah, 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 Bolt Thrower Reform.
1: Yeah, Reform Bolt Thrower. That, I think on.
0: that's the ideal band I'd like to book. Yeah, yeah
1: that'd be great. The, that really is just like a bucket list sort of band isn't it? Yeah, it might happen. Who knows? I think, but I think they're, I think they're pretty determined to. Well, Carl was anyway to continue on with Memorium, which are great, by the way. Like yeah. I love Memorium.
0: Well, I would have
1: watched them. I was just too tired. It was just I was just so burned out by that point. And I have yeah. actually seen Memorium quite a few times. So <laughs> they're a bit like what me and Shem were saying about the whole Napalm Death thing. And like, and I'm just like, ah, I've seen Napalm so many times. Like I'll watch them, if, but you know, Shem was saying how Converges, that's that band for him.
0: It's interesting. I think Hellfest will be a good indicator of how we... Because like, there's like 40 bands in 10 days that we want to see.
1: That is overwhelming. I mean, that Hellfest lineup is insane. Yeah. but
0: We're going to have to be like military, paratroopers. I oh, only said paralegals. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, I know. But either way, great job this year with Damnation. It was a great festival. And uh, I am highly looking forward to next year. Hell, on yeah. new hallowed grounds. Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening. Let us know who you'd want to book Damnation 2022 because we'd love to know. We can make our own little like, yeah. fantasy festival Like people do football or whatever it is.
1: Yeah. And then whoever gets the, whoever's closest to the lineup yeah. gets points.
0: They win a Frog Lord hat.
1: Yeah. I still need to buy that, by the way.
0: <laughs> I keep meaning <laughs> to,
1: but I'm going to buy a, a Frog Lord beanie because it looks sick.
0: That is a very, very good thing to buy. I think I had a dream about like space frogs anyway um (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for listening and watching next week we're going to be looking at um the new green lung yep um which is really good it's fantastic the new mistress um i want to give a shout out to tooth drinker who've released um a space rock opera this week
1: based on resident evil isn't it yeah yeah my partner's a massive resident evil fan so i've got like a i've got a somewhat good base knowledge of a lot of resident evil lore like, I play it vicariously through her because I am shit at <laughs> horror games. I just, as soon as something mildly anxiety inducing happens, I'm out. I'm just like, nah, fuck it. Yeah. First time I ever played, Re- is it Resident Evil? Oh, what's the third one called again? Resident Evil 3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Resident Evil Three. Was it, it was Resident Evil Three Nemesis, right? No. I don't know.
0: I've never played. Fuck it knows.
1: But yeah. I'm going back a long time here, and um, but it's it's the one with Nemesis in it when he comes crashing through the fucking walls. Yeah. I was like, nah, I'm fucking out. out. It's yeah. like I'm done. I was like, I do I, I, I do not have the fucking mental fortitude to continue playing this.
0: I played Amnesia and it fucking it's good, but it sucks. I don't I don't like being scared. Yeah. Yeah. I don't enjoy it. I don't know how people enjoy that.
1: Do you ever see that? Um, game pt of silent it. hill
0: i played it i went around someone's house and they're a really lovely person they're like oh you hate horror games you should play this and i was like oh, okay i think it was gonna be nice and i'm like walking through this fucking house and there's a screaming bloody baby and the woman's like running oh my god no. there's a,
1: there's a bit in the new resident evil game that's kind of similar to that it's oh, got a no. giant crawling baby and it's
0: giant babies are scary it's fucking intense scary? yeah oh my god it's really scary yeah. Anyway, let's sign off for like the third time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening and watching to the Serpent Temple podcast. You can subscribe to us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, all the greatest hits. Um, feel free to leave a comment, tell us anything you like, um, confess your deepest sins, and we won't tell the police unless it's genuinely serious. Thank you so much, and goodbye. Until next time.